We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Fantasy Football Rankings Update. The news and notes from what we've seen over the past five days or so, because a lot has happened. The NFL cannot go more than 16 hours without having some sort of major injury, some sort of major news cycle. So what I want you to do right now is smash the like button to the video in the comment section. Please tell me. Who is going to be the leading receiver on the Saints this year? You give me a name, and you give me a projection for them. If you need projections, I highly recommend you head on over to runthesims.com. Tools, stats, fully customizable, completely free to use till the end of July right now. But if you get your full subscription before the end of July, you get the founder's rate. You'll be locked in to that price for life. If you go to runthesims.com slash mayo, you'll get an even better price for life. So... If you have interest in an optimizer, in sports betting tools, in season-long fantasy football projections, and head-to-head start-sit decisions, now is the time to go do that before the good deal goes away. Runthesims.com slash mayo. And I have cash to give to you if you do something for me, okay? In the description, you're going to find a link to Fantasy Football Picks and Bets, the brand new show on Mayo Media Network. There you'll find the Apple Podcast link. Subscribe to the show. Download the show. I mean, you don't need to download, but you should download it now that you're subscribed to the show. But leave a five-star review. Leave a positive rating in there. Leave your Twitter handle and email address, and you're in a cash giveaway. We're almost up to the point where the kitty goes from $500 to $1,000. So the more reviews that you can pump into that, you'll have a chance to win even more money. 
okay? You can check out my rankings. They're in the description. All of the ranking shows are also in the description and up on Mayo Media Network. So please subscribe to the YouTube channel right now. And on the Tuesday episode of Fantasy Football Picks and Bets, I'm back as the host for that day. And Tim Endicust is joining me. And we actually go through Run the Sims. And he tells me what he thinks the Jets are going to do. And then we simulate his impossible season for the Jets. Although he still has some winning, quote, six games. That's down from 11, which he predicted earlier. Uh, just to see how outrageous his projections are. You might want to stick with the baseline ones or put your own inputs in for those ones, okay? Adam Levitan from Establish the Run is joining me. It has been a long time, sir. It's been like a year since we've done a show together. Yeah, man. Good to see you. How's it going? I, I know that you've moved and you're somewhere in the forest of Canada now, so I'm glad to see you're still alive. Yeah, I'm doing all right. You've moved to the forest in America. Everyone, every sports better's favorite place in the world, Colorado. Yeah, it's been good, man. I mean, I didn't really move here for for the sports betting, but it's true that like the uh, legislation here and the laws here are so operator friendly that I mean, there's like literally 15 sports books here that are all competing for business. And so, yeah, I would say it's between New Jersey and and Colorado. It's like the friendliest place to be if you're into playing fantasy and, and betting on sports and stuff. Well, I saw DraftKings Sportsbook. They started sponsoring two of our new shows on Mayo Media Network. And just the reads that we get for like, hey, if you're in this state, this state, and this state, like the ridiculous free money. It's essentially free yeah. money. Bonus offers that you yeah. get just for joining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's con and not only that, but like if you have a smaller bankroll, like they're constantly giving odds boosts, which are typically good. And they're constantly giving free money away, even if it's 25 or 50 bucks a time on top of, I mean, most of the sites are giving away somewhere between 500 and a thousand as sign up bonuses. I mean, yeah, there's never been a better time really to be like a, a somebody trying to build a bankroll uh, in a legalized state. That's for sure. So what's going on over at Establish the Run? This is, is this the first full season with Leone and, and Dink or is this season number two now? This will be season number two. Yeah. Season, season number NFL season number three overall season number two with Leonia and Dink. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been going well, man. I mean, you know, there, there's something uh, pressure, pressure intensive, but also liberating about making your own decisions about what we think is best for the customers and what we think is best for the audience and having no red tape between us and the audience. And so what we think is best we do. And it's pretty liberating, man. It's going well. Do you, do you jump on with Leone's podcast where you're and like nerd out or do you, do you just leave that for the nerds at the site? Well, we have our, our one main flagship podcast with me and Silva for the alphas where it's just established run. And then all the team no sex people, all the virgins listen to Leone's establish the edge where they go super in depth on strategy and stuff like that. And so, yes, I, I bounce between both, but I mainly leave the virgin, the virgin stuff to Leone. Yeah, well, you're really hurting the brand every time that you go on. Like you're increasing at an, you know, and you can't even calculate how much of a percentage it goes up of actual like alphaness into that show. I have Leone on from time to time to make myself feel like an alpha, but I feel like I'm teetering at this point. But let's talk football because that's what we're here to do. Michael Thomas is apparently didn't realize his ankle hurt. Now he's out like four months. Uh, not great news for Michael Thomas. Like the earliest he can maybe come back is November. The Saints were going to be kind of down anyway, but like, what does this do to their receiving core now? Yeah. I, and first of all, I thought Michael Thomas was really battling this injury most of last year too. You could see he wasn't really himself. And so now I guess they thought that he could figure out a way to figure it out. Um, and then in June comes and they're like, well, actually we need surgery. 
And so their timetable here is, is all over the place. You know, I think that we're projecting him currently to return after the Saints week six bye, which would be week seven, obviously. But, but I don't think that's more of a guess than anything. We'll see how this goes. This is a really serious surgery. This is a really big impact to the Saints, obviously. Who knows what kind of shape he'll be in when he comes back. This offense could completely crater. As you mentioned, their offensive weaponry is really, really weak. I think their second best offensive player is Latavius Murray. Their best offensive player is obviously Alvin Kamara. They do have a very good offensive line, but man, when you're throwing to Traquan Smith, Marquez Calloway, Deontay Harris, Juwan Johnson, Lil Jordan Humphrey, like these are all team preseason guys. This, this is not a regular season roster. And so it's hard to ask Jameis to go back there with no mobility and throw to these guys. I think it makes it more likely that Taysom's going to start. And by the way, I, I've been taking Taysom late in best ball drafts. He gives you that rushing upside. And I think it's more likely now that Taysom starts. So actually, shout out to me a couple of weeks ago. I got a bet on Taysom uh, to start week one at plus 225 on DraftKings. I think it's down to like even money now or something like that. But anyways, the offense is in trouble, man. I think they're going to try to use their offensive line, use their defense, use Sean Payne's creativity to try to figure it out with Taysom. But from a fantasy perspective, I'm definitely worried. What do you do with Michael Thomas? Like, obviously, someone is still going to draft him in your league. He's not going to go mm-hmm. undrafted. But are you going to be the guy that takes him in the, I don't know, 11th round now? <laughs> yeah, no. And he's going way before that. I mean, on Sunday on Underdog, he was going, I believe it was 48th overall. And in some other formats, I've seen him go DraftKings and stuff. I've seen him go in the 50s and 60s. And that's since the news broke um i think in best ball you can make a case for him to go in the 60s where you're unique if you get through to the end of the tournament and you actually have michael thomas so the teams who took michael thomas in the third round aren't going to have him if you got michael thomas in the seventh round well then maybe you have a chance but in a normal redraft league with my buddies i'm probably just passing on michael thomas until we get to rounds nine or ten you can see like how much of an impact uh round by round picks have in other words almost all of your win rate is compiled in rounds one, two, three, four, five of a normal season long redraft managed league. These, when it starts to get like, oh, I'll take a flyer here. I'll, I'll accept some risk here. Round seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, I think is where you can do that. And so that's where I'd start to think about Michael Thomas. It would also depend on the construction of my team. Like if I had a bunch of wide receivers already, maybe it's okay. But, but yeah, you know, I'm not too optimistic at all about Michael Thomas. We don't even know if he's going to be hundred percent after this injury and his quarterback could be Taysom Hill. Yeah, it was a bummer for me because I really liked Michael Thomas coming into the season. I was thinking, don't be, he's going to be back. He's going to be healthy. Jameis is going to be the quarterback. Maybe they'll stretch him down the field a little bit more, but you know, he could post what he did two years ago, theoretically, especially if the defense is going to be bad. But now I look at him. So in best ball, I think it actually makes a bit more sense because you can get by where you don't have to start people every single week. You just take the best mm-hmm. scores from your bench. If you can get some spike weeks the entire time that he's gone, by the time he gets back, gets himself right if you can manage to get yourself into the second season, all of a sudden you could have one of the best wide receivers in the league on your team that didn't do you anything all year long. When he's taking up bench space in your season-long team, then you still have to make the correct decisions of who to fill in with him every week, not just getting the best scores on your team. And then it becomes a little bit more difficult. Chances are you're probably not going to be in the playoffs to use Michael Thomas at that point. I'm looking at the NFC right now. There's been seven drafts done between Sunday and Monday. So it's a very small sample size. But he's going at pick number 59. The highest he's going is 33rd. The lowest he's going at 80. I would still probably take him after 80. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. And to your point before about the kind of season he was going to have, I mean, the fact that this team had such little pass catching weaponry, you could see him get a 30% target share 
from Jameis or Taysom Hill. And so with that kind of target share, even if he wasn't at 100%, he was still going to produce. Um, and so when he comes back, I, you know, if he's anywhere near 100%, I think he'll get close to that 30% target share again. There's just so much more risk layered in. And I don't blame you for just passing on him, especially if I was like playing a league with my buddies. You know, if I was playing against like Cust and, the, and these guys, you know, there's no reason to get fancy. I would just pick off better values than, than take on the risk with Michael than with Michael Thomas. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. When you play in a league with these guys, like they might not be like, there's, there, I guarantee you there's three people in my league who will get to the draft that don't even know Michael Thomas is hurt. And they'll take him like, <laughs> like, oh my God, third round Michael Thomas, let's go. So he wasn't going to make it to me anyway because of you know the two or three guys that we still play with after 16 years that are just going to make these decisions. Uh, they don't win all that often or ever. So they're, they're great to have in the league, but they're going to be the ones who, you know, when you're trying to win into your like week 13 game to get into the playoffs, they're going to have a fully functional Michael Thomas and like, what was the layup game of the season? If you can play them like week two, that's the week that you want to play these guys. But what do you do with the rest of them? Cause if you say Taysom starting and like, that seems to be more and more likely the case now, like that's not still not that great for Traquan, is it? No. And you know, Traquan's had his chances, man. And I like Traquan. He has really good measurables. He's performed reasonably in the preseason. He had that one huge blog game on a showdown slate, maybe two or three years ago, where he absolutely broke the slate. I think Traquan can play a little bit, but you're asking way too much of him to be the number one receiver. And so, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not too interested in Traquan or Callaway or any of these guys. I actually think a lot of people are bumping up Alvin Kamara. You know, I think it's tough to ask Alvin Kamara to be like your number one receiver and your feature back. The guy that I'm actually bumping up most among the rest of the Saints is Latavius Murray. I think they're going to be way more run heavy. Camaro will be needed more as a receiver and we'll see them lean more on Latavius Murray. who's actually a pretty talented guy. And so if I had to pick one guy to take more after this Michael Thomas news, it would be Latavius would taste some probably a close second. So I always liked Murray as sort of the top end handcuff because he you know, did have some viability in the right scenarios, like if Taysom was starting anyway. And then if anything happened to Kamara, he was you know, a top 10 guy and someone that you would mm -hmm. like to have on your team. So he was sort of like the advanced Tony Pollard in that way, where he was still not he wasn't a good start on a week to week basis. But you could get by with playing him during a bye week as an injury fill. It wasn't the end of the world. But now I bumped him up to this tier that I have here of. Ronald Jones, Michael Carter, Damian Harris, that type of guy. I think he's last of that tier, but that still makes him like running back number 27 around that range. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, God, you know, let me see where we have Latavius. But yeah, I mean, we have Latavius RB35 right now, but, you know, I, I would not uh, hesitate if you like him, and I do, to take him a little bit higher. I think I slightly prefer A.J. Dillon. But yeah, and I think I slightly prefer Damian Harris, but I agree with you that it's like, that's the right tier, the Ronald Jones, uh, AJ Dillon, Damian Harris types. Um, I would definitely take the San Francisco guys ahead of Latavius. That's definitely where I would cut it off. So you would take Mostert and Sermon over him? Yes. Yeah. And, and I mean, San Francisco scheduled this year, man. I don't know if you've looked at it. Like, and I don't, I'm not a big guy at looking at the schedules preseason because I don't think we know enough, but this is a major outlier. Like San Francisco legit might have one of the worst, easiest, schedules I've ever seen and they're going to run the ball a ton and I think both Mostert and Sermon can play and, and be be good together um, I have to prefer Sermon but I wouldn't fault anyone for taking Mostert either see I think I prefer Mostert uh, over Sermon here I just don't know anything about Sermon and I still yeah. get into that situation with the San Francisco backs that like once Wilson is healthy again for whatever reason it'll be like oh goal line time 
for Jeff Wilson. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a, it's a Kyle use check week. Here's some other guy you've never heard of, and he's going to have seven carries today. Like, I, I feel like I always have to factor that in with the Niners backfield. Like, they're going to do something that I don't like just to fuck with us. Yeah, that's true. They're, they're going to they're gonna run the ball over 500 times this year. Like, they're going to have 500 carries this year as a team. And, and you don't have to know much about Trey Sermon. What you do need to know is that Kyle Shanahan traded up to get him. And so to me, that's the most important thing. Well, they did that with Trey Lance too. So let's say Lance is starting for them. Like how much has he eaten to this rushing chair from these guys? Yeah. Trey Lance is one of the best, will immediately become one of the better rushing quarterbacks in the entire league. I love Trey Lance. I mean, Lance fields and now Taysom are the late round quarterbacks that I want because they run the football and like to compete now at the quarterback position when you have Mahomes and Josh Allen and Kyler and Lamar and Dak and Russ and all these guys, you need rushing upside. And so my late round QBs now are almost never the pocket passers. It's Trey Lance, it's Justin Fields, um, it's uh, Taysom Hill. And yeah, you know, I, I hear you that rushing quarterback isn't necessarily the best, especially if he steals goal line work for guys like Sermon and Moster, but they're going to run the ball so much and the threat of Sermon will open up more. I'm not, I'm not too, too, too worried about it. Do you think Trey Lance starts from day one? Um, I don't, I don't, but I think it'll be early. I think it'll be, I mean, they have such a soft schedule. Jimmy could look really good, but yeah, I'd be surprised if by middle October Lance wasn't starting unless the 49ers are like, you know, six and oh, or something like that. So do you think we see fields before we see Lance? Yeah. Andy Dalton is just a total dust ball. I mean, are you kidding? They, like the chances of the bears being six and oh by October is like zero, you know? And so, so yeah, I think we'll see fields pretty early yes all right so let's go back to the saints anyway is there any receiver on the saints you would want now i don't think so i mean i I understand taking a shot on on traquan he's just not suited to be the number one guy Uh, i think i would just pass i mean there's guys like kj hamler and paris campbell and brian edwards and jacoby myers and guys like that that are going around traquan now i think that that i would prefer would you roll the dice on Trauman now? Now that everyone was on him already, but like, does this like elevate yeah. his stock or does he just get overdrafted? Man, I mean, you know, I play a lot of cash on on DraftKings and there was one week where uh, I, I played Troutman when Jared Cook was out. I think Troutman was 2,800 and he just took uh, an air ball right down my throat, like zero catches, zero yards um, on like two targets. And I am forever... Uh, uh, biased against Adam Troutman for that. I mean, that was an expensive air ball that I took from Adam Troutman. Um, I get it on Adam Troutman. Uh, I think that, again, you're asking a lot to try to run your offense through him with Taysom Hill. And so, I don't know, man. I think Blake Jarwin would probably be ahead for me still, kind of that range. I don't know, man. Do you like Troutman? Do you remember that week he took the air ball? Oh, I, I certainly do. And no, I'm not really. And he's like, there's no difference between him and Cole Komet and just a handful yeah. of these guys. Like one of them is probably going to hit. I could not tell you which one it's going to be. Yeah, I don't even know. Like I like, I prefer Komet. I, comer, I prefer the Ferk daddy, Anthony Ferkser. I even think Gerald Everett is probably a better play than, than Troutman um, at this point. Um so yeah, no, I'm not too high on Chapman. I'm really, I, I've shifted my thinking in season long a lot to where like I'm trying, I think there's been a big change at the top of quarterback and at the top of tight end where there's so much value. It's like not only in ceiling, but in predictability with the top quarterbacks and the top tight ends. Like it used to be 
that, you know, with these pocket passers, guys would have good weeks and bad weeks. But now that all the best quarterbacks run, it's so hard for them to have a bad week and a tight end, like starting with Pitts and going up to Waller and Kittle and Kelsey. It's hard to overcome that. Maybe Andrews and Hawkinson can. And I think those guys are okay. But these dust balls at the end, man, you're just like drawing so dead for these guys to outperform uh, the the top tier of tight ends. Well, Trevin is right now going around the same range as like Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Like there, I don't know which one it's going to be, but Jonu or Hunter Henry could be the leading receiver on the Patriots, which sounded horrible and is kind of horrible depending on how that offense works, but it doesn't seem like the Saints offense is going to be much better. Oh, it's not even close. I prefer, I prefer Jonu and Henry uh, over Adam Trautman. There, there's no doubt for sure. I think, Henry's skill set as a pass catcher uh, is better than Johnny's. I'd slightly lean that way, but we have them back to back and it's, it's really, 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 really close between those two. Um, I hope Mac Jones gets in there for their sake though. I have no confidence whatsoever in Cam Newton, like sparking the pass game. Yeah. I mean, I think they might be okay with Cam. If Cam is okay and looks a little bit like he did pre-COVID cam, not throwing for like 500 yards a game or anything like that. Oh, but, here we go. But they'll end up running like the, they'll end up running like the wishbone and running 64 times a game. And like their defense wasn't bad last year. Like it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. And they kept all these games close. And now they get like a ton of their defense back that they might just try to literally suck the air out of the ball, run as many times as possible for three yards a carry. And hopefully the defense can win it for them. They win every game like 15 to 11. Like that's going to be yeah. the plan. Right. And that's similar to the Saints plan. That's just not good for fantasy. You know, that, I mean, that's just a disaster for fantasy, but that's similar to the Saints plan for sure. I love that you threw the cam COVID fog in there. Cause I was like really low on cam last year. Everybody at, at ETR disagreed with me. I was like, I'm completely out on cam. I didn't play him once on DK and uh and then everybody started giving me the COVID fog excuse oh he, he had the COVID fog that's why that's why he wasn't playing well the COVID fog the COVID fog I mean come on man hundreds of guys in the NFL had the COVID last year they all came back and performed at their normal baseline levels Cam is just uh uh he, just unfortunately the the foot and the arm are just uh an issue for Cam I think I mean he really did look like two different guys before and after here we go. The do, do, do you not? Do, do you think that he didn't look like two different guys? I guess, man. I'm not in the excuse making business, though, man. I'm a, I'm a hardo. I am a, I am a results oriented guy. I don't, I don't think. I it just wouldn't. It wouldn't make a lot of sense to me when all these other guys came back fine. Yeah, I mean, there's different circumstances for different people. We don't know the medical reports. You know, that stuff is held relatively secret. I don't know. But before, I mean, all I'll say is before he was like airmailing the ball over people's heads. And then in the second half of the season, his favorite target was the ground, two feet in front of yeah. him. So something, yeah. maybe his arm just actually did fall off at that point, And they were just juicing him up with something for the first three weeks. And his arm felt okay-ish. And then it stopped feeling fine. But I mean, I don't want Cam. I, I think you're right. Having Mac Jones in there would make it a much more palatable fantasy situation. But if they can, can if they, I mean, they won seven games last year, which I think gets overlooked. Now, it wasn't a pretty seven games. But if they can start mm -hmm. out being like five and two or something like that, playing the most garbage games possible, you're probably going to see more Cam than you think. Yeah, and that's fair. It's the same as the Saints. Win with the offensive line, win with the defense, win with coaching, and, and that's it. Yeah, but it's just not great for fantasy, I guess, is my main point. Yeah. Here's a scary stat. Every 10 seconds, someone becomes a victim of fraud or identity theft. What's worse, 23% of those people don't get their money back after the attack. If you think it could never happen to you, you could be their next target. Aura can help. 
Aura provides digital security protection to keep your online finances, personal information, and tech safe from online threats. It's all-in-one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more. With Aura, you'll get alerted to fraud fast and threats fast, like your online accounts or passwords were leaked online, or if someone tries to open a bank account in your name. Aura is a new type of security service that protects all of your online information and devices with one simple subscription. With an easy online dashboard and alerts sent straight to your phone, Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues. For a limited time, Aura is offering listeners up to 40% off plans when you visit Aura.com slash Mayo. Go to Aura.com slash Mayo to get a complete protection and savings of up to 40%. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Mayo. Amari Cooper appears like he is not going to go to OTAs and start to practice until August 13th. That's after week two of the Cowboys preseason. Do you think that puts him in line to play week one or at least be at full speed by week one? And is this like the last straw to, I mean, Lamb was going ahead of Cooper anyway, but like to create a gap between those two guys? Because if that's the case, I'll take Cooper. I was taking Gallup anyway, but I'll take Cooper at a discount. So I think that Amari is going to be fine. The Cowboys have expressed no worry whatsoever on Amari Cooper coming off the ankle surgery. I think he's going to be there week one. I think him sitting out the first two weeks of camp was always the plan for them. So I wouldn't consider a setback or anything like that. I think you can make a case that CeeDee Lamb was a better pick anyways. But yeah, like you said, I think this is going to cause the ADP to drop. And by the way, speaking of Michael Gallup, I mean, his ADP has gotten really high. I I think in like casual home leagues, Michael Gallup, you'll still be able to get in like round nine or 10, but I've seen him go in like round six or seven now in some tougher formats. And that's just absolutely egregious. I mean, there's no way I would do that. So yeah, I think if Mark Cooper falls by a round, if you start getting six, seven, eight, 10 picks between him and CeeDee Lamb, I would take, I agree with you. I would take Amari Cooper all day there. I think that's a really good discount. Yeah, looking at Gallup right now, over the weekend in high stakes leagues, he was going as wide receiver 43, pick on average number 100 in the NFC. That's up like 40 spots from where he was going before. So he is trending upwards, but there's probably going to be a Cowboys fan in your league because they are everywhere, and they will probably try to get all of them. CeeDee Lamb's now going at pick number 30, receiver 11. And Cooper, I guess this news had not come out when they were doing that those drafts, but he's going at wide receiver number 17 now, pick number 45. So it's yeah. start, it's starting to increase. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, the, I mean, the Gallup hype is 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 out of the bag for sure. I mean, he's wide receiver 36 uh, on underdog right now. And I mean, you know, I, I would take Sutton and Beckham and Boyd and Chark and Juju and Debo and Judy and all these guys over over Michael Gallup uh, for sure. Obviously, I mean, if Mark Cooper were to miss time, though, Gallup would go through the roof. Oh, so you would take good players over Michael Gallup? That, that seems sensible. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Is he going to play? Because it looks like he's we're trending towards him playing. If it's only going to cost three first-round picks, which seems like a lot, but that's essentially what they're talking about Aaron Rodgers at the same time. I mean, I know Deshaun Watson's got all of these problems, so you'd probably have to send like a private investigator to really figure out what's going on, whether it's worth it. But I think I would take the, what is he, 27 Deshaun Watson over 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers for the same price. Deshaun Watson on the field, I mean, obviously one of the best real life and fantasy quarterbacks in the NFL. I think the Eagles, I mean, are just makes so much sense. They have three first round picks in 2022 alone. 
they have Jalen Hurts, who I think the Texans would want. The Eagles know that they're not going to win now, right now, without Deshaun Watson. And so like punting off three first round picks next year and kind of punting this year, even if he does incur a suspension. So, I mean, it just lines up perfectly for the Eagles to make this trade. Would not surprise me at all if it happens. I think what everybody's waiting for is a good decision from Roger Goodell. There's been no criminal charges filed yet, but there's more than 20 civil allegations, sexual assault allegations against Deshaun Watson. Um, We've been debating this a lot about how to handle Deshaun Watson. It's just, we don't know what Goodell is going to do. He's certainly suspended guys for less without criminal charges. He put them on the commissioner's exempt list. I, my lean is that he's going to find some kind of suspension, even if there's like not a lot of real facts here or smoke. I think that Goodell is going to find a way to protect the image of the NFL with I don't know, three, six, eight game suspension, something like that. And if we project that's the case, well, then where do you take Deshaun Watson if he's on the Eagles? You know, it's just like a huge parlay. The trade needs to happen. He only needs to, he gets, he needs to avoid suspension for the whole season. So it's a big parlay. I saw to me, it's more of a late round stab. Some people on ETR disagree and think he's worth the risk and start taking him in the QB teen kind of range, like QB 17, 18, 19, something like that. I think it's more like QB. 22 25 somewhere in that range but yeah it's certainly something to follow you know and and as most people do their drafts later this year the information will be a lot a lot a lot more clear if i'm drafting now in in best ball you know on dk where you get 20 rounds i think an 18th or 19th round pick on deshaun watson makes a lot of sense i just think it depends on who's left like you said that like 20 to 25 range of quarterback so you mentioned all sort of like the rushing quarterbacks with a better path of playing those are probably all even as much as i hate to say the zach wilson is probably a better pick at this point knowing that he's going to run they're going to be down they're going to be throwing that maybe you can stumble into a really good fantasy season but i wouldn't like i'd rather take deshaun over Derek carr and even Jameis at this point, Jared Goff, like all of those guys at the very bottom. Like I I don't have any interest in them whatsoever. So give me Deshaun Watson over them. Yeah. And and so, you know, especially if you're in, in in a regular season long league, you know, you're likely only taking one quarterback anyways. So it's really irrelevant, but in these best ball leagues, you know, I try to take two quarterbacks typically, but if my two quarterbacks, if I start later, let's say I go like, I don't know, like uh, Daniel Jones and, Joe Burrow or Daniel Jones and Trey Lance or something like that, then I might take a third. And in that case, I think Deshaun Watson makes sense. Ian Rappaport is reporting that Aaron Rodgers has indicated to people close to him that he does plan to play for Green Bay this season. And there's different factors about him getting traded or opting out and saving them salary cap money as sort of a wink, wink deal. You play this year, we'll let you out next year. A lot like Brady did, where then we'll allow you to pick where you can go if you really want to. He's just going to play for Green Bay, isn't he? I've thought this for a couple of weeks, you know, since he started with the Will C stuff and he kind of backed off his hardline stance. And so, yeah, I've been taking Devante and I have so much Aaron Jones and I've moved AJ Dillon up and, and Big Bob Tunyon and all these guys. I think you're going to get ahead of ADP by taking the Packers before this becomes official. I mean, Aaron Rodgers' literal only leverage is to retire, like just retire, sit out. And I know that his agent is the same agent who pulled this move with Carson Palmer. And so, you know, it's certainly in play that he will decide to do this, but I think he cares a lot about records and getting Super Bowls and legacy. And you don't get a legacy by sitting out 
like one of the last years where you're actually be good. Like I understand Tom Brady's going to play till he's 45 and be great. That's just such a massive outlier. A normal human, probably like Aaron Rodgers, probably only has two, three years left. He's really going to spend one of them sitting out when he could be paid 30 million not to sit out and get a chance to go back to Super Bowl with one of the best teams in the league. So I find it hard to believe that he'll end up sitting out. And so I think getting ahead of ADP there makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I actually ended up boosting Devontae Adams back up over Tyreek Hill uh, at the top of my wide receiver rankings. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't do that just because Tyreek is such a lock, but but I understand moving uh, Devontae up. Yeah, is he such a lock? Is he? Oh my God. He's gonna absolutely how how could how could he possibly not smash? Get hurt. That's really it. <laughs> <laughs> Even when he, it's funny because even when I thought he broke his collarbone once, he was back in like two weeks. So maybe he's just superhuman. I don't know. Yeah. He's ridiculous. Yeah. No, I, I think Tyreek, even even with Rodgers, I would have Tyreek as the wide receiver one and then, and then Devontae. Yeah. Would you have him over Diggs and Calvin Ridley though? I would have Devontae over Diggs and Calvin Ridley. Yes. Yeah. So I think we're pretty much on the same page with that. So one and two, we have flopped. Are Diggs and Ridley your three and four? Yes. And I, the only reason that I have, I absolutely love Calvin Ridley this year. The only reason I have digs like a tick, tick, tick ahead is because like, there's some chance that Matt Ryan is just like done. Like hey, sometimes when I watch him throw, I'm like, it looks like painful for him to get the ball 40 yards down the field. We know that Josh Allen is true alpha and he's not, uh, he's not going to be done anytime soon. And so I have digs slightly, slightly, slightly ahead, but man, Ridley's role is just absolutely outrageous this year. He's going to, he's going to smash as well as long as Matt Ryan's arm doesn't fall off. Yeah, I was looking at it over the past three seasons when any pass catcher on the Falcons has 10 or more targets in a game that they average over 17 fantasy points per game. So I'm thinking Ridley now that he's what is he a lock as long as he's not hurt to see 10 targets a game. I mean, that's a, that's a lot. 10 targets a game. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly in the, in the mix. I mean, he'll be up there for sure. Yeah, especially if the defense sucks. It'd be like him, then Pitts. Although I've been drafting, mm-hmm. Zac- I've been drafting Zacchaeus over Gage because I just don't get Justin Gate. I don't feel like his role changes at all. Like he is a wide receiver six type of guy who you can play on bye weeks as a flex if you have no one else. At least Zacchaeus, like I never have to play him, but like he could be good. Yeah, so uh, my take on this is Russell Gage is actually better in best ball than managed. Like you're going to need some like usable weeks out of Russell Gage and he will give you six for 60. He's never giving you like seven for 150 and two. And so that's why he's not good in managed leagues where like we need to be able to start guys who are going to absolutely go off like a usable week doesn't do much for us. I do think that on the Zacchaeus stuff, like they're going to play a ton of two tight end sets with Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts. And so their primary formation is going to be Gage, Ridley, uh, Hayden Hurst and Pitts. And that kind of leaves Zacchaeus in sub packages, which is fine. I think he's okay. I've played him in preseason some. I even think I played him in the regular season once last year and it didn't go very well but yeah I, I think that he's a fine deep league flyer in managed leagues I'd be surprised if you were able to start him confidently ever but you know never say never I just think he needs to beat out Gage uh for that outside job yeah. and push Gage back into the slot that, that would he- surprise me I hear you that would surprise me but I hear you but I mean for a free pick that's what I'm kind of shooting yeah. for because the, the there, there's a void in this offense that's going to be filled by someone. Maybe it's Hayden Hurst. Like we were talking about like Troutman and guys like that. Like, couldn't Hayden Hurst just be just as good or better than those guys? Yeah, you know, hey, they they give up a lot. They give up a second round pick to get Hayden Hurst. They obviously think that he can play. I think he's going to play more in line while Kyle Pitts kind of moves all over the formation, which is tough. But yeah, Hayden Hurst is going to be out there a ton for sure. 
All right. Anthony Miller got traded to the Texans. Good for him. Gets out uh, of Chicago and now goes to the worst possible situation. But the last time I was on the show, I was talking about Brendan Cooks, uh, Nico Collins. Like, is Anthony Miller the wide receiver two there? And, well, it seems like that offense is horrible. Like, they're, they're going to have to throw. Yeah. Coaches seem to love to play Randall Cobb a lot, you know. And yeah. so it's hard to see this team sustaining drives, getting touchdowns. I think that outside of Brandon Cooks, it would probably all be a pass for me. Even if they got Jalen Hurts, like it would still be a pass for me. I understand Brandon Cooks stuff, but you know, he's always one concussion away from being out for the rest of the season. And so I've been passing on pretty much all Texans at this point. I actually like Cooks and where he's going. Uh, pick number 90. It seems like mm-hmm. if you can luck into the healthy season, you're going to do pretty well from that pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, they're going to score so few touchdowns. The quarterback play is going to be awful, but I, I hear you just from a straight volume perspective. I don't have a problem with Brandon cooks at pick 90. Yeah. Like, is there any Detroit guy that you like receiver? So I've actually thought for a while that Brashad Perriman was an underrated player in the NFL. Um, I'm not sure the NFL agrees with me though. And so there's been beat writer speculation that Tyra Williams and Amon Ra St. Brown are actually going to be ahead of Brashad Perriman and targets when the dust sells. That would shock me. I, I still would bet on Brashad Perriman leading the wide receivers and targets. Obviously, we think TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift are candidates to lead uh, the team in targets. But yeah, I mean, Jared Goff away from Sean McVay scares me. Like you could tell that Sean McVay was making Jared Goff look way better than he actually is now that Jared Goff has these like old school football guys like Dan Campbell and Anthony Lynn. Like, I don't think it's going to go well for Jared Goff. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm worried. You know, I, I've been taking Brashad Perriman some. He goes so late. You can get him at like pick 160 or something insane like that. And I've been taking him there, but I'm certainly not excited about it. I did not expect, I've done, I've recorded two football shows this week, one with you and then one for fantasy football picks and bets, which everyone should subscribe to, by the way, and get into that giveaway. And Brashad's per- Brashad Perriman's name came up on both, and the guy that agrees with you most is Tim Andercust. Good. I love Andercust. I, I, I want to I, I get out there and hack it around with Andercust. And I also will give Andercust this. Jets are going to be exciting this year, man. I don't, I don't think people realize, like, they're not going to be, like, boring old Jets. Like, Zach Wilson is going to get out there and sling it. And they have five wide receivers who can play. They have running backs who catch the football. They're not going to, like, run it into the middle of the line. Like, I think the Jets are going to be fun to watch they may not win a lot of games but they'll actually be fun to watch this year so shout out to tim well tim uh we went through the we went on run the sims and i let tim adjust the projections for each of these players and you know if zach wilson's gonna throw for almost five thousand yards michael <laughs> carter's gonna have like 1500 combined and 12 touchdowns so apparently draft every jet possible right yeah i won't go that far but yes Hey, seriously, I think they're going to be exciting. The problem is they're going to rotate so heavily. It's not going to be good for fantasy, but they, in real life, they're going to be at least fun to watch. More fun than they've been in the past. That's for sure. This summer, Bespoke Post is here to take your adventures to the next level with a new line of must-have box of awesome collections. Bespoke Post partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every month. I got the Weekender in the mail because I just loved how good the bag was. I looked at the bag. I was like, I think I need to have this bag. And it was just full of stuff. You got a shirt in there. You got a water bottle in there. I quite liked it. But there are other ones that you can get along the line, too, because no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. 
from travel and outdoor gear to breezy summer styles and grooming goods, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. Like I said, I got the Weekender, but you can get the Dram, which is a whiskey one. Uh, it has awesome glasses, uh, like awesome whiskey glasses that come along with it. You get Secured, you get to the Recover, which is the topical CBD one. So you can just go to bespokepost.com and check out whatever Box of Awesome that you would want. So to get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. And get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code PME at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code PME, for 20% off your first box. I went through, I think it was Leone and I actually, to the AFC South Division Preview, and we had this big conversation about Jonathan Taylor. And I said, weirdly, my biggest holdup on Jonathan Taylor is that Marlon Mack is eventually going to come back, and for whatever reason, they're just going to use him, because that's just what they do in that backfield, although... You know, you can counter with, oh, just look at the end of the year. It was all Jonathan Taylor. It's like, well, Marlon Mack wasn't there. When we saw them both on the field last year, they were starting Marlon Mack until he blew out his Achilles. He's 100% now, and he is going to be in this mix. And when you have to nitpick from the very top of running backs and try to you know, decipher between this guy or this guy, a pick eight and pick nine, I think little things like this have to go into it. And I don't think you're going to see like a huge market share for something like Marlon Mack. But if you got like 20% of the carries... I'm not going to be stunned by that. Yeah, that would surprise me because I, you know, you said he's hundred percent. I don't know if I believe that off of an Achilles tear. It's like probably the worst injury. One of the worst injuries that a guy can have Jonathan Taylor as a prospect, like size, speed, measurables, absolutely ridiculous, like absolutely ridiculous. And so Jonathan Taylor, um, I, the, the concern for me on Jonathan Taylor isn't Marlon Mack. It's that Philip Rivers and his league high, target rate at running back is gone and Naheem Hines is there still also to take pass down work. And so I, I'm not that worried about Marlon Mack. I'm way more worried about Jonathan Taylor's uh, pass game role this year with Wentz and with Naheem Hines still there. So over the past, over the weekend, he was going as high as three, as low as nine. So number six overall. And that was ahead of Austin Eckler, which I thought was strange, especially for like full point PPR. <sighs> Uh, so I love Austin Eckler. I mean, I, I do. We have Taylor ahead uh, of Eckler right now in half PPR. Um, you know, I, I think that Zeke is probably a better bet than Agreed. both of those guys. Agreed. I agree with you there. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I think about Austin Eckler is people are going to pull their hair out because I love Austin Eckler. He's going to lose big back duties. Like he always does. They're going to use one of Justin Jackson or Josh Kelly or Larry Roundtree, like one of them is going to play the big back role. Austin Eckler in full PPR though, I think is a play for me over some of these other guys, uh, certainly Nick Chubb and probably Jonathan Taylor too in full PPR. He could catch just 80 balls. No problem. Yeah. I think even in half point, I'd still roll the dice that maybe he can have an uptick in touchdowns with his offense being so good. Maybe Herbert running a little bit less because he doesn't need to this year, hopefully. Uh, but over the past two years, he's gotten 15 touches 13 times. And in those games in, in half PPR, he's averaging 18 points a game. Like that's Cook, Camara, Henry, 
Christian McCaffrey and Eckler. Those are the guys that are yeah. doing that. He's just so good, you know, and some of that came with Philip Rivers, who again, throws the running backs at such a high rate, but still, you know, I, I, Austin Eckler is just so, so good and fits like the exact profile we want for fantasy football running back. I, I would have no problem. And like you said, it's splitting hairs so tightly at the top. I can poke holes at pretty much every running back this year at the top, except for Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. Do you have Saquon ahead or behind those guys? Because I have him behind those guys. Behind which guys? Taylor and Eckler. I, I think Saquon should go ahead of them. I understand the concern off the knee, but like, man, if just be, if he misses, let's say he even misses week one, or let's say he only gets 10 to 15 touches in week one. Like it's such a long season. I think that having Saquon with the ceiling of 80 catches and 300 carries is, is good enough. All right. For uh, me. Like I, I hear you. I hear you though. There's certainly concern. Like I said, there, I could make up concern. I could bring up concern for every single guy. I feel like I change my mind on this every single week. Like when I talk to someone different, they can kind of sell me on where they're leaning on it. So I initially had Berkeley above Eckler and then I moved him behind. I actually had him above Taylor. So would you go Kelsey or Berkeley in the first round? Yeah, I, I think depending on the format, but I think Kelsey in round one, especially in best ball is more, 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 then fine in manage where you can start kind of streaming tight ends and maybe figure something out there. It's not uh, as big a deal. I still like, like if you just want a safe round one pick, I mean, Tyree Kale, Devonte Adams, Steph Diggs, Calvin Ridley, like all these guys in round one are safer than the running back. The reason that people take running backs early is because when one hits, when you get this outrageous season from a running back, it's just such, such, such a difference maker. And I know it's kind of counterintuitive to think that the safer pick is a wide receiver, but like, it's almost impossible for Tyreek, Devontae, assuming Aaron Rodgers plays, Steph Diggs, Calvin Ridley to fail. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, running back situations, though, I mean, it's a mess. We know about the injury rates and running backs. So, yeah, if people are looking just, like, safe first-round picks to win the league with their buddies, I don't hate going wide receiver. All right. So, I think I'm going to stick with I'll, – I'll go with Bar- – I'll take your advice. You're a smart man, Adam. <laughs> so, I'll go with Barkley over Eckler by one spot. That puts Barkley at seven overall, Eckler at eight overall in the rankings. You can check those out in the description up on DK Playbook. Joe Burrow is going to be ready by training camp. Apparently, he's 100% now. Um, Over under 5,000 yards for Joe Burrow this year. (laughs) I hope so. I have bets on Joe Burrow over 4,200 yards. I have bet on Joe Burrow 34 to 1 to lead the NFL in pass yards. I mean, when he was healthy last year, they played at one of the fastest paces in the NFL, they were among the league leaders in pass rate over expectation. They've since added what I think is like one of the stone best wide receiver prospects we've seen in the last five to 10 years in Jamar Chase. I mean, they're going to throw the ball a ton. They're going to be really effective. I would say their three wide receiver set is easily, easily top five in the NFL with Chase, Tyler Boyd, T Higgins. So yeah, I, I think Joe Burrow among pocket passers, Joe Burrow is one of my favorites. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Do you think they're going to tell him to stop running so much this year? Yeah. I, I don't know about stop running, but yeah, I, I think that consciously he probably won't run as much. And that's why I said like among pocket passers, like you can make a case, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, like those would be my favorites, just stone pocket passers. And I hate taking stone pocket passers. What did you say was the uh, over-under you got him at? You can get, I think 4,200 is still up. I, I bet, let me see what, I might have bet it even got even lower than that. But yeah, you can take, uh, I think you can still get Burrow 4,200 over-under. Keep in mind that, you know, on these totals, and I bet so many preseason props, I actually got 40, 85 and a half yards. That was 
on Foxbet though. And so I know a lot of people don't have access to that, but, but yeah, on these season long props, like people need to understand that the books are deflating them. They're just, I take like 90% unders because it's so much easier for all these to go under, but in situations where I really like a guy and where injury rates are lower, like a quarterback, I'm okay taking an over here or there. Yeah. So, we, we were, we were talking, actually Cust and I were talking about this uh, cause we were doing the, the prize pick season long over unders and he's at 40, 4,200.5 passing yards. It just felt like a very strong over to me in that situation. They just need to find one other preseason prop that you like, put them together, and then I think you get like two and a half times your money. Oh, God. I've taken uh, 30, I've taken 34 preseason props. So if you, if you need some, let me know. <laughs> I, I mean, we might have to do an entire show about uh, talking about these preseason <laughs> props. It's amazing. It's the best. It's, it's see, preseason. I really think preseason props, like preseason DFS and, uh, preseason long props before the season, I think are like the two softest markets right now. It's really ridiculous. Are you guys, are you guys, I mean, I, I assume it's, it's mainly like you and Sean who are going to hammer the, uh, the preseason DFS DraftKings market here for football. Yeah. Yeah. We're up. Uh, the product is live. We're ready to go. We're, um, we missed preseason last year. It was awful. So I'm excited for it to be back. Yeah. yeah see, a week from Thursday, it's back. Oh, see, that's amazing. So I, I can like follow you guys and then win all my money and then lose it all back throughout the course of the season, making my own picks. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, the edges in regular season in football uh, are thin, man. I mean, you got to be really good and, and work really hard. The sample is really small. And so even though preseason DFS has gotten harder, it's still, I mean, the edge in, in, in preseason DFS is absolutely massive. Uh, code MMN at prize picks will get you a deposit bonus of a hundred bucks, by the way. So if you put in a hundred, they'll match you a hundred, then you can bet this over on Joe Burrow and then you're going to be good to go. So I highly recommend you go check that out. Plus Cust and I talk about all of these over-unders and his favorite ones and all the Jets ones on fantasy football picks and bets. Last thing, Tariq Cohen is back, but now he's on like the pup list. So he might not be ready for the start of the season. Like, it feels like no one knows what to do with David Montgomery, knowing that his soft schedule at the end of last year, combined with all the injuries, got him this massive workload. But, like, he looked okay. You think if Fields is starting, like, he might have a few more running lanes. They can't stack the box against him. Maybe. I don't know. But, like, he's not really going all that highly in drafts because no one wants to draft David Montgomery. Yeah. So, uh, Tariq Cohen, I've heard whispers for the last few months that Tariq Cohen's knee injury isn't going as smoothly as the Bears had hoped. They did add Damian Williams, though, and I think Damian Williams can play. I mean, one of the things that happened last year when Tariq Cohen went down was they were using, like, Ryan Nall and these guys that just absolutely could not play. And so Dave Montgomery was getting 90 95% of the running back touches, 100% of the running back touches. That's not going to happen this year, even if Tariq Cohen is out, because Damian Williams can legit play. He sat out last year, opted out due to covid concerns and so he should be fresh now so yeah i don't think we can give as much of a share to david montgomery my biggest problem with david montgomery is he's going in this range where i want to take wide receiver like there's no way i would take david montgomery over cooper cup dj moore adam Thielen, jamar chase julio jones tyler lockett even like t higgins like there's no way i would take david montgomery over those guys and so when it gets to me in round four or round five or wherever david montgomery goes i'm almost always going wide receiver or elite quarterback or elite tight end. And so it's just tough for me to pull the trigger on running back there. I hear you though, like Tariq Cohen sitting out is a big deal for David Montgomery's outlook, just not as big a deal as last year because they have Damian Williams. So I'm just looking around the running backs he's going around right now. So he's it's basically Swift, Montgomery, 
Miles Sanders, Chris Carson, yeah. Josh Jacobs. And Daryl Henderson, Daryl Henderson, though. Daryl Henderson's now in that mix. Like, I mean, Henderson, I actually would probably want the most out of all those guys. Just gamble on him. Yeah, I know. And the, the Rams are going to add someone, but I hear you. The, I mean, I don't know who the Rams are going to add. It's likely going to be somebody really dusty, like Adrian Peterson or Le'Veon Bell or TJ Yeldon or something like that. But but yeah, I, I don't know, man. That, that whole range of running backs scares me a lot. I actually think Miles Sanders would be my favorite out of those guys, but but I hear you. Yeah, I'm just... Carson, I guess if he stays healthy, I, you could make a case for that he would return value at where you take him. That's probably the upside that you're looking for. Yep, exactly. Like all these guys should be going two rounds later, essentially. Yeah. And, you know, prioritizing wide receiver over running back in this range, I think sharp people are on to this, you know, but so many people, you know, we're in this fantasy football bubble where it's not going to be the case when you get to your home league draft where people are still going to be firing off running backs here in this range over the wide receivers. Like of those guys that I just mentioned, I have Javante Williams, Daryl Henderson, and Mike Davis ranked ahead of them all. Mike Davis is kind of in the same David Montgomery camp, but he's just going mm-hmm. the two to three rounds later at this point. Yeah, Mike Davis scares me, and I like Mike Davis a lot I, 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 in general. I think he scares me because Atlanta's run game has been broken for so, so, so long. We need Mike Davis to catch like five balls a game, and I, don't, I think it's very possible that he does that for this Atlanta team, but we really need that because I don't think he's going to be overly effective running the football no but even if you put him in i I was trying to figure out his uh season long over under for rushing yards and it came down to if he gets the volume that i think that he's gonna get or somewhere around like 16 to 17 carries a game let's say maybe even that's a bit too high but i put him down to 3.1 yards per carry and he still got to his over under so i was like yeah yeah it, it seems cheap enough well, I have a bet on on Mike Davis under 875 and a half rushing yards, but a lot of that isn't because I don't think Mike Davis is good. Obviously, 875 and a half sounds really low. You can't give, when you're doing a bet like this, you can't give Mike Davis 17 games. Like the reality is that the average running back is going to play somewhere between 11 and 13 games or so over the course of a season. And I don't even know if Mike Davis is going to last the whole year as the feature back. You could see them do all kinds of weird things. And so, yeah, I, I like the bet on the under. Mike Davis, I think the line's moved down to like 825 now, but I have 875 and a half. I hear you though. It's just wide range of outcomes on on a lot of these running backs in this range. Yeah, he just strikes me as one that's going after everyone else that looks like he's going to be the day one starter and can theoretically keep his job the entire year. If he stays healthy, yeah. plays like, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, his backups are total dust. I mean, it's it's Quadri Allison and, and Cordero Patterson. I mean, I, I hear you. Um but, you know, it's such a long season and there's so much chaos. And so when I'm betting these season long props, I, you know, I'm trying to capitalize that there will be chaos. In other words, there will be injuries, depth chart changes, free agent signings, offenses could blow up and all that leads towards unders. And so I'm leveraging the chaos more than I would be in like a median projection for fantasy. Yeah, the Mike Davis rushing one is actually up on prize picks. That's where I was looking at. It's now up to 800 and a half rushing yards. It wasn't seven, 755 and a half. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's start thinking about this. Just keep your job and you'll be good. But I, I think you're 100% right with just hammering unders on yeah. on the most volatile injury-prone positions. And just you know, just injury luck alone will guide you to probably like 50% of those wins on the unders. Exactly. If you think it's close and then you factor in injuries and free agent signings and everything, it's like an easy under bet on a lot of the running back ones. Yeah, but people don't want to bet unders. That's no fun. <laughs> 
there's the well unders are yeah it's true I'm, I'm part of the unders club though i mean unders are i i'd be curious to see even on like over unders and game totals no matter what it is what the bet handle is on overs versus unders unless it's one of those like jets bills games from three years ago where both quarterbacks suck and there's a lot of bad weather and then it's like a hundred percent under uh, on the money and then it's like oh yeah i forgot about defensive touchdowns because these quarterbacks suck uh, and then it ends up scoring like 54 points in the game but i just imagine that people by and large want to bet overs I mean, like there's nothing worse sure. than an under sweat like an under sweat when you're watching a game whether it's on a prop whether it's on a season long whether it's on a game total no matter what it is it doesn't really make the game super enjoyable to watch because you're rooting against bad football yeah no that's for that's for sure true and in today's nfl it's really hard to to bet unders and watch because the game is so offensive friendly. But yeah, I mean, you can see that. I mean, bookmakers have talked about how on, on primetime games, they shade the totals up a little bit, but the, but the money ends up balancing out because most of the pros and sharps are on unders typically. Yeah. All right. Adam Levitan, you know where to follow him on Twitter. It's at Adam Levitan. Check out establishtherun.com. Did you ever uh, buy back the, uh, well, I mean, you guys have the Establish the Edge podcast. Do you ever buy back the, the DraftKings feed? Like just buy that and you can just have that nope. too? Nope. DraftKings feed is up with the last, the last uh, episode up on the daily fantasy edge is an, an episode titled Adam says farewell. And it has not been used since then. So no, it's up. Yeah. They're really blowing it by not putting anything up on that feed. <laughs> not that they'll watch this and figure that out, but that's just, uh, <laughs> that, that would be my free advice. I think I texted someone that once like you have this podcast feed that you don't do anything with. And I think it has a lot of subs. <laughs> oh, it definitely does. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Um, be well talk to you soon and i'm probably gonna have to get my etr membership to at least play preseason for sure yeah oh yeah get in there and uh yeah thanks for having me uh i'm working on my background if there's guys watching this on youtube i assume most of you are uh, i look ridiculous with this like i'm about to be murdered uh background but i'm working on it and with your advice i'll have something very professional soon yeah, I'll, I'll continue. Once I figure out, I, I, I've been thinking about it a little bit more and I'll think about the dimensions of the room and what, like, it all depends on what you want to, right? Like, you're not going to want what I have as my background. You want something that's tailored to you, which makes a lot of sense. And once you can kind of figure out, like, the set pieces that you want, it becomes easier to build the set. Uh, what about a bookshelf and just pictures of my dog just behind me, all pictures of the dog behind me? Is, is there a place for, I mean, that I, I think that works 100%. People would love that. Do you, can you have one bookshelf that's a little bit longer? You put Jerry on it during the show? <laughs> yeah, she'd love that. Just take a nap behind me on a bookshelf. Yeah. Yeah. Will she, will, she, will she stay there for an hour at a time? No. No, that's not good then. Maybe you have something with treats <laughs> on the shelf. Then she can jump up and like walk across it while the show is going on. Add some life to your background. A catwalk. Now we're talking. Yeah, so they're rare. Adam Levitan, thank you for being on. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME. You can check out the updated fantasy football rankings for 2021 in the description of this video and podcast. I told you about runthesims.com. You get in before August 1st. You get the founding rate. You go to runthesims.com slash Mayo. You get a discount off of that as well. So I recommend that you do it. Why would you wait? You can go test out the tools for free right now just to see if they're up to your capabilities and what you need this season. Additionally, smash the like button of the episode in the comment section. Give me your projection for whatever the fuck I was I said at the beginning of the show, which I don't remember at this point. Also, subscribe to Mayo Media Network and Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, leave that review and your Twitter handle slash email address, and you'll get in a draw for us at $500 right now. You get more reviews, it'll go up to 1,000, okay? Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Have your experience. 
sense. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.